Hi everyone, I'm Henna. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Failing Point Podcast. Sisu is very, very prevalent in in the Finnish business <clears throat> mentality. But at the same time, we're also, uh, so we're blessed with this part, but we're also cursed with this, don't think you're too much and, you know, don't, don't um, put yourself too much out there. So we kind of have to, have to kind of fight fight that fight of, of having this innate like oh I see these opportunities and these possibilities and I think uh, largely it's because we live in this kind of harsh environment so you need to be a little bit of MacGyver to to be able to survive. Failing Point is a podcast about entrepreneurship, about seeing challenges as opportunities and failures as steps to success. With a lineup of inspiring entrepreneurs sharing their hardships of their journeys and the lessons they've learned, we are ready to challenge the status quo of Finnish business culture. We all have a story to tell. Now it's time for Brave Talk. Hello everyone, it's Henna here from Failing Point. In this podcast we will be talking with Christopher Weiss, a digital nomad that has quite a few businesses under his belt. He is an actor, event organizer, motivational speaker, lecturer and promoter, to name a few titles. An ecological yogic businessman superhero hippie is how he describes himself, so get ready to hear a wide variety of interesting perspectives in the next hour. Christopher, we are so glad that you are our guest today. I'm yeah, so welcome. To be your guest. Thank welcome you. to Failing Point podcast. Awesome. <clears throat> we are waiting for really energetic podcast because of you, Christopher. <laughs> okay, is that good? It's a good start. Good. Yeah, it's a good start. Um, so <laughs> we are going to talk about business today. Oh, nice. One of my favorite subjects. Yeah and also failures in business. So what do you think about failures in general? I have to quote my uh, favorite teacher or favorite uh, inspirator of all time, um, Yoda. And he says, mm, the greatest teacher failure is. <laughs> and he was okay. teaching Luke, Luke how to use the force. Um, and, and I do agree with that. I think I think failure is, is definitely the best teacher because you always learn how not to do things. And, and perhaps out of that, you also learn how, how you want to do things. Um, there's a lot of talk in, like I work in a lot of different personal development environments with seminars and, and teachers and, and leaders and so on. And, and, you know, people always suggest that you should think about what you want in life and then go towards that. But sometimes you can't, You can't really think about what you want in life unless you know what you don't want. Or let's say it's an equally good starting point to, mm-hmm. to figure out what you don't want in life so you can avoid that. And this, that's what kind of happens when you fail. You perhaps don't know how to do things in the future. Optimally, you also learn how to do that. But you definitely learn how you shouldn't do things. So so by failing more you can actually learn um, to succeed more. And um, in, I'm, I'm growing up in, in the theater. I do a lot of improv. And, and those principles I carry with me when I do business as well. And, and, and we say it's, it's always good to fail. In Finnish, it's moka on lahja, 
which is which means that it's 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 a it's a gift to to fail because um, because if you can relate to the failure with a good sense of humor and a good good spirit, you'll always one step closer to to success. So I think we have generally, and it's it's changed in the last few years. I'm I'm happy, and you guys are changing it as well with this with this program, changing the mentality of of failure, uh, but especially in a culture like Finland where where you should, you know, you should have good grades, you should go to a good school, you should get a good job and you should go up the ladder of, of you know, the corporate ladder mm-hmm. and fail at some point in between. You can't be taken seriously because you haven't had this, this pure track record. While in the US, for example, you need to fail uh, several times before you can be taken seriously because only then you know how it is to rebuild things. And I think that's the main part about failure is is that you you learn it's it's forcing you to learn how to rebuild things from yes. instead of just going because we all have this you know starting new projects we think that oh it's going to go so perfectly and people are just going to buy it and you know I don't need to do any marketing and people are just going to love it and a lot of times it's not like that you have to have to put mm-hmm. your you know, you know foot to the ground and just you know make it work and and when you fail and when you have to rethink things um, that's actually a really good, good, good place to be. Mm, yeah, you have been an entrepreneur. Uh, is it 15 years now, or? Um, I've been an entrepreneur since fall of 2002. So, so we're getting close to 17 years now. And um, it was never really a plan for me to become an entrepreneur per se. I'm, I, I started my company straight out of acting school, and and I went through a a kind of intense personal crisis, if you will. And um, uh, my plans of always being an actor and working on stages at different theaters and so on um, was was pretty abruptly changed after doing my my parts parts of my training in LA in Hollywood, which was always my ultimate goal, my ultimate dream as a kid. And once I came, actually, when I came back from there, my my worldview just changed, and I and I realized that maybe this is not what I want to do forever in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I want to explore other other ways of, of uh, using my talent and using my passion for for speaking and performing. <clears throat> and I went um, I went on a on a holiday for a couple of weeks just to kind of clear my mind and see what I wanted to do in my life. And when I got got back from there, literally the same day, I just had put my my luggage back in the in the cupboard and I got a phone call from a friend of mine or a business colleague of mine. And uh, and they offered me an opportunity, a network marketing opportunity, and and to be able to do that business, I had to form my own company. And uh, even though I never really made any money in that in that uh, venture, you can say I failed epically. Uh, I learned so much from mm-hmm. um, from that venture, uh, and 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 I started reading books, and I started going to different um, seminars, and 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 I just got to hang out with a whole different kind of people because up yeah. until that I've, I've had only my old friends and, and school buddies were um, struggling artists you know that had a very different mm-hmm. uh, mindset on on doing business that um, you know I'm, I'm just gonna hope that somebody gives me a, a job or I'm just in a hope that I'm gonna get uh, get finances or you know making money was was kind of frowned upon and then I got into this whole different mindset with with people who were all about success and making goals and 
and things like that. So, so I, I made my own company, but as I said, I never really made any money from that venture. So pretty mm. soon I got into other things that I like to do. I was just kind of following my, my intuition and following my bliss and opportunities. And because I had the company, a sole proprietorship, uh, Toy Minimi, I could just invoice uh, any company that I wanted to work with. And that mm. was really kind of my, my, my savior. And, and even though, you know, I had a lot of entrepreneurs in my family, that was never really my, was never really my goal. I never really even thought about having my company, but it was a very practical thing that, um, it was just a way for me to start invoicing and start to legally, mm, exactly. legally make money. And it's so easy. I just want to point it out here in the beginning that it's so easy to to have a company and to run a company that even me, who was like the worst ever with handling money and handling bookkeeping, you know, I could do it. So anybody can do it. And there's so many good things about running your own company that I don't know what I'm going to do in 10 years and, in, and maybe mm-hmm. even in five years. But I know for sure I will always have my own company. I will always run my business. Mm-hmm somehow because there's so many advantages of doing that yeah how close is acting and doing business mm, well kind of really close and kind of really far because mm. um, there there is the and this is something i learned ever since i was in la where you actually had a class the the business of acting something that is not really taught to students here in in the, in Scandinavia or in, or in Finland it's a little bit more now than before because people have realized that it is actually a business or largely due, due to uh, the fact that priorly we had these um, long contracts at theaters so you could get it's basically because most of the theaters in Finland are are owned and run by this by the city so mm. you get a you get a, a virka you get like hired by the city for a a contract and it used to be like five years ten years or even like just lifetime contracts and that has changed so the contracts are 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 shorter and there's less mm-hmm. of them they use more freelancers so uh but because of the the um, mostly the um the taxation system you can't always work as an actor at a state owned theater with your own with your own company but as a okay. freelancer obviously obviously you can so um in that sense acting the, that part of of the business is purely business and 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 knowing understanding business you can really it can really help you boost your boost your career and and now i have a lot of my acting friends that that they consult me to help them out running their business, actually running their business part. Uh, and then obviously you have the acting part, which is the artistic part. And that is kind of far away from from business. And that is the reason why most people don't really understand and don't really want to do business because they think that mm. money is the root of all evil, which it kind of is, but it's also the root of all good because with money, you can create things with money. Yeah and make stuff happen and, and yeah. any production that an actor is is applying to or going to work in it needs money you know it's it's mm-hmm. a huge risk to put on an an event um even in a in a city owned owned theater or even in a you know a, a tv channel or whatever it's it's and anytime you want to put put together a creative product it's a huge risk for everybody involved so there needs to be a good sense of of money as well involved mm-hmm. and actors for oh, do you think do you think that it's like Finnish kind of way to think that 
money is a root of all evil. Because many of us, like Finnish people, we are thought, like you said, that it is like that. Yeah. So I'm just wondering that. It is a cultural thing because in in other other cultures it's it's very different. You know, in in the in the Russian culture and in the Chinese culture, in the American culture, it's it's very it's, they have a, a very different mindset on on money. So you have a I think you have a a kind of country or or regional. Uh, mindset and in the Nordic countries we have a little bit of issues with with money in general mm-hmm. but then there's obviously in different um, smaller groups it's a huge huge variety of, of mindsets between between people and that's kind of why why I've loved to be in the event industry and in the personal development industry because people have a different a different mindset and generally business people understand and this is something that I always talk to people that are that are employee uh, employees that um, a entrepreneur always thinks about profit and always thinks about things as an investment and not mm-hmm. not something about a cost so if I'm mm-hmm. buying something you know whatever it's a computer or it's you know it's clothing or I go on a trip I'm always looking at how can this how can this give me more value to to me as a business person? How can I translate this uh, investment into profit? Mm-hmm. While a person who is an employee usually thinks about things as as a cost. And this is mm-hmm. again a a taxation things because let's say I, I as an employee I get two uh, thousand euros for a month's work, and uh, to be able to get that uh, the company actually pays pays 35% on top of that to the government, you know, the social costs and things like that. So the company actually pays 2,700 euros uh, for for the cost of me working there. And then after that, um, they charge the company, the government charges 40% uh, tax about-ish, something like that. So it's around, what is it, like 800 euros, something like that. And so before I actually get the money, it's, it's 1200. Okay. From there I pay my, my, um, rent, I pay, you know, food, I pay Mm -hmm. my car and I pay all of those things. And so I maybe ended up with, let's say 200 euros that I can actually spend. If I'm, if I'm an entrepreneur and if I run my own business and if it's possible to invoice the company for my work, which is not always possible, but let's say it is, first of all, I can, I can invoice uh, 2000 plus the 35%. So I can actually invoice um, 2,700 euros. Okay. I have to pay the, the, the social fees anyway myself, but it's a little bit less when I, when I pay them myself. Uh, and then from that, I will do all of my my um, investments, all of my things that I need to acquire, my car expenses, my parts like in this apartment, like half of this is this area that I'm in right now. This is for my business. So mm-hmm. this is a, is a deductible fee and everything that I need to do that's that's part of my business, um, you know, representation costs, some of the travels and some of those things. So I charge that to my company and what is left that part is what I'm taxed for and not mm. what, I'm, what I'm actually, um, what I'm earning. So what is left for me. And in, in addition, in Finland, what we can do is, is every time I travel 15 kilometers away from home for six hours or more, I can pay myself tax-free a, a, a daily allowance mm-hmm. so that I can actually move money from my company to my private account. And I travel so much that I mostly live on those Mm. deductibles and 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 then anybody who lives in in a, in a 
in a kind of freelancer world and, and travels travels around definitely should have their their own company to to run so i'm always looking at things where i need to buy them i'm, I'm thinking what is the investment part of it what is the the possibility for a return on my investment so it's not and this is especially with education stuff and especially with travel things and and things like that i'm always looking at what is the investment and what, what can it bring back to me mm, interesting can you tell our listeners um what kind of businesses did you have in the past and what you, are you working with now? Mm. So you have uh, been in many businesses, right? I, I have. So the, the company structure is that I, that I, I built my first one. Um, it, it was meant for media production and, uh, and um, uh, event, event production and network marketing and things like that. And now I actually went back to that after, after 16 years of having it in, in, my, in my drawer. Because only about a year after that, I, I met this girl and we started dating pretty quickly and, and we started running our own business together. So we, we made a, a company, we called it 9000 Decibel. And that was, that was an um, analogy or metaphor for, because um, we work with kids and when kids scream, when you have 20, 30, 40 kids that are really excited and they've drank a lot of Coke and, and you know, eaten a lot of <laughs> sugar, the volume that they yeah it's true it is about nine thousand decibel so we ran that company for a few years then we split up but i kept the company and for for some years it was the same structure and then we changed it to a different um, um non-liable partnership uh, company and i had that until recently uh and within that company for about 10 years i did all kinds of different projects so the company stayed the same but the name of the company and the business area of the company changed a lot of times. So I had a few different web shops. I sold um, kitchen equipment and I sold um, computer games and I was doing coaching and event production. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a whole whole plethora of different projects that I always ran through, ran through that company. Um, then I got into a company in, um, in Holland. So I was working with them for, for some time, a multinational company. And then we created a partnership in Cyprus for tax reasons um, that we ran for some time um, and then we changed back to a company in Norway and you know blah 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 (laughs) and then I still have a company in Estonia that I built to um, again for for tax reasons um, because I was expanding into Europe with with one of my e-commerce projects um, I changed my plans a little bit, so that company was just kind of laying there for a while, and then I started doing um, hemp oil, um, selling hemp oil through from Poland. But then the the government, um, Estonian government and EU legislature changed, so I started getting these emails of 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 um, how should I say threatening consequences from the. Mm. So I was like, I'm not I'm not gonna go into that. So I just quit quit that project I, I kept the company so i started a third different business on, with that same company and i still run that today and it's my event company through which i run all my international events wow so I wow have, very uh, many yeah you have done <laughs> you have done so much so currently so. i have three three companies so one in estonia for international events one in in finland uh, for Finnish events, and then one which is kind of my own own company, which I just do all of my freelance stuff through. Wow, let's get that. Let, let let's get back to that later. Okay. Um, you have done so much. 
obviously. <laughs> so what kind of difficulties have you faced? And like, what has been the most difficult things in your journey? Yeah. Well, I think, well, one thing obviously is always sales, just, you know, trying to make enough cash, cash flow, um, especially when you're doing projects and, and things that don't have a clear monthly income. Um, so it changes. So, so one month you might make 5,000 euros, one month you make 12,000 and then the next month you make 600 euros. So mm -hmm. kind of how can you plan your life on an annual or even monthly, monthly kind of rate when you don't really know what's, what's going to happen. So that's Everything always a answers and, and it yeah. is hard. So how can you? So I've always had multiple projects. So I'm not putting all my, my eggs in one basket. So I have multiple sources of, of income um, because they change a little bit in depending on the, the time of the year and, and so on. So um, obviously, if you have consumer products that, you know, the few few major seasons are going to be around Christmas and, and usually around the summer, which is surprising. There's people buy a lot of computer games and 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 health mm -hmm. equipment as well and you know after new years things like that so there's there's these peak seasons that yes. that you can <clears throat> that you can enjoy but then you might have months that there's there's nothing so then i had other projects that i was focusing on during during those times but i have to say i've never actually written people are always saying that you should you should have a business plan and you should have a plan you know i've never written a business plan in my life uh, for any of my companies, because it's it's just it's just about passion. It's about finding something that I like to do and something that's kind of driving me. And and then um, I'll I'll do it as long as I feel that it's it's giving me something. And also financially, it's make making sense. And then when it doesn't do that anymore, I'll just I'll just change. So that's definitely one thing to to get consistent sales. And then another thing is, is that when this is a major, major thing, and I don't think I'm the only one that's struggling with this, it's, um, it's like, how can you, because I get a lot of inspiration for different projects, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, when you look at a project from day one, and you can probably resonate with it, when you're looking at something that you want to do or a project you want to start on day one, you might see all of the possibilities but you're not really focusing on the potential pitfalls and the potential problems those problems arise later as you as you go along mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like being in a relationship when you when you fall in love when in the first few months you focus on all of the good things all of the amazing stuff that the other person does and you don't really focus on the the bad stuff or the things that you don't like about a, a person but then, you know, as you go along, you progress in the relationship, you start being annoyed by the things that didn't annoy you in the beginning and the things that really inspired you in the beginning about the other person, they kind of lose value. Mm. So, so um, and, and in the end, you know, you just focus on the things that you don't like and you don't remember at all the, the things that you like. So the key there, again, to uh, as well in, in a relationship is to keep focusing on the things that are that are good, you know, to to kind of relive that and, and and rekindle that that spark but that's a, that's a different different, thing. <laughs> different yeah but that was actually but really there's a, good there's a similarity yeah. there's a similarity there so i'm always trying when i especially now you know i've learned my lesson and then i'm as i'm getting older to 
to focus my projects on things that I know I will have the energy and the, the kind of tenacity and the inspiration to do, even though it's not the things that really inspire me on a day-to-day basis. And, mm-hmm. um, and a, major th- a major breakthrough for me happened last year when I, I, I went on this mastership, uh, mentorship uh, mastermind. I was teaching at this, this, um, this retreat and I also got some, some mentorship training <clears throat> some uh, mastermind and mentorship training myself and we went through all of my businesses and I was thinking of all of the things that I was doing and I noticed I had 19 different projects that were all kind of going 19 19 different projects so That's um, crazy. I, was, I was urged to kind of limit them to you know a handful and I took that kind of literal so so now currently I have five things that I that I do five different sectors so acting thing acting stuff it's something that will stick with me always even though I haven't done it as much as my as my primary source of income or my primary work and it's something that always will take me home you know if Mm -hmm. I if I wouldn't do anything else but I would only act it would always satisfy me and if I would do everything else but not act then that would not satisfy me so that's always always going to be number one. Then I have my own lectures and trainings and workshops and things that I do on stage. Then I have the things that uh, events and lectures and seminars and workshops I produce for other people. And then I have media production, um, doing all kinds of um, online and, and offline video production. And then I have mentoring. So when I'm looking at if I get inspired by a new thing or somebody offers me something, and I can't fit it into these five categories, mm. I'm just going to let it go. Because I, I know that if I can look at my hand and I see what I have, and if it fits in there, I know that's, that's something. Because this is, this is part of who I am yeah. on a larger scale and not just what I do. Because I don't do business for money. You know, I like money and I like being success, successful and having the freedom to, to do and buy things that I need and invest and, you know, create things. But it's not really about money. It's about expressing who I am and, and exploring life on my own terms. So all of these things is, is me, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't get rid of these. So if I do work that fits into these, these subjects or these categories, then, I'm, then I'm, I'm good. And if it's not there, then I really need to think about, can I, for example, do something that is just mentoring? If, if I get offered a very interesting project, Mm. And I say like, okay, I'll be involved, but can I just mentor you so I can kind of mm. serve the way and yes. enjoy it, but I'll just mentor. So I won't take any responsibility, uh, financial or energetic or mm. creative responsibility of that. And then that's kind of how I, I make it work. You are listening to the Failing Point podcast. Please enjoy this word from our sponsor, My Sauna. MySauna provides excellent spaces for companies and private persons to arrange a meeting, negotiation, parties or relaxation. If you're looking for a high quality space for a specific event for your need in a capital area of Helsinki, go to the website mysauna.fi and explore more. Was it hard to go from 19 to five? Yes. Well, I actually, I went through two and then I realized mm. that I need five. So yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty intense. It was, it was really difficult. I can imagine. Kind of, kind of, cause it was kind of letting go of things that I was 
kind of passionate about, but I realized that a lot of the projects I was doing, a lot of the sectors I was doing was not because there was something that I really wanted to do. There was a different motivation. There was a, there was an alternate motive behind it. I wanted to satisfy mm-hmm. another person or I wanted to show it was like an ego, ego based thing, or there was, there was a different reason for me to do it than, than just because I wanted to express myself. I was purely financial. It was a tons yeah. of different, uh, different things. So when I, when I chucked it down to five and they're all things that, that expresses me, then I'm, I'm good on that. So you have said that uh, the most important thing for you also is like the continuous learning, that you want to learn continuously something new. Yeah. And that's why you tend to um, quit uh, other projects and move to another ones or things like that. Can you tell us more about it, about the learning and how yeah, to, well, yeah. When generally learning, either we learn or we we perish. You know, it's it's um, we can try to stay stay in the same, and it it sometimes it feels like we're in the same place. Like I'm just oh I'm just gonna stay here. I'm just gonna you know I'm not gonna develop. I'm just gonna work my job and you know do my thing and spend time with my family. But actually, at, as we are doing it, we're we're dying. We're slowly, we're slowly dying. Our brain physically neurologically is is dying unless we're putting new impulses there all the time so it's kind of defying gravity defying death and def, you know defying the the inevitable of of perishing at some point but uh, when we're we're pushing ourselves into new places into into new areas of usually discomfort and usually out of our um comfort zone then then we're growing and we're kind of holding up up life uh, much longer and I, I do want to stay here because I went through it's not something that I recommend but I went through I went to the place where I wanted to not be here so I was thinking how can I how can I leave this earth you know doing as little damage as possible and what stopped me was that I couldn't figure out a way how to tell my family okay. like that was that was what held me back and and I I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to the place where my family would have in any way gotten information that that I'd, I'd killed myself so I that, that's what kind of held me back and I was 20 that was my crisis back in the day hmm. so ever since like I, I, f- I found new lust for life obviously there are times where I'm not inspired mm-hmm. you know obviously everybody's happens that to everyone happens. Yeah. that's totally fine and I think that's again yeah. part of that failure because then you 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 breathe in and you breathe out you can't breathe in all the time and you can't breathe out all the time you have to it's it's a balance between it's a yin and yang it's a very holistic approach and um so so you know that's why I, I think I need these new projects because I get kind of bored easily I, I need to learn new things so I'm, I'm I'm starting this project and and I love the sense of, of of risk and the sense of will this work or won't it work and then when I've done it enough times that I know it works then it's repetition and then it gets boring and then I'm out because then it doesn't teach me new things anymore so I've deliberately stopped my projects around every two to four years um the, some of the longest project that i had was my web shop which um which where i sold um kitchen equipment and i had it for about around seven years six and a half years something like that and uh, around maybe four years i thought okay enough enough is enough like i, I don't want to do this anymore i've kind of learned what i wanted and i got to the place where i realized that if i wanted to take this to the next place i have to focus 
totally on this. Like I need to make this a priority in my life. And it never was a priority. It was, it was always a kind of by accident where I had a demand from customers. Um, and then since then, I've learned to kind of recreate that, recreate that, that process. But yeah, it took me wow. about seven years altogether to kind of get rid of, get rid of that. But other than that, maybe between two or two or four years, it's kind of the cycle that that I feel feel comfortable doing doing certain things. Um, another thing that's stuck with me for a longer time is is event production. So I've I've done events for fifteen years, uh, but now it's around. 2012, yes, around 2012. So it's around seven years now that I've I've mostly done events, and mm-hmm. uh, and I feel now that I'm coming to to the end of w- what I want to do as my primary business or my primary source of income. So I'm, I'm that's why I'm doing more more projects, um, video projects, online projects, more training myself, and less of the actual event production though I do a few things here and there and I just today got an assignment for for um, for United Arab Emirates coming up uh, very shortly so so uh, my reputation has spread around the world I get, <laughs> wow. these, I get these nice gigs here and there which I which I really really like but yeah that's the that's the cycle yeah sounds very very good yeah. what is the best thing being an entrepreneur definitely the freedom um, it's it's like it's my highest value, and I and I do really believe, or I not only believe, but I know that your life will become what you value the most because um, you start looking for those opportunities, and you also start drawing those opportunities mm-hmm. to you that is based on your values, based on your value system. Like I'm very lazy, and I I would argue that most people are very lazy because it does take a lot of effort to. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna walk around the city and look for every poster about yoga uh, that you that that you can find, it, it takes a lot of effort to actively look for things. So that's why we have a system inside us that is that is built to notice to let us know when we find something or we see something that is important. And this goes way back to it's kind of part of the reptilian. Um, the the emotional animal brain so it's 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 below our logical logical sense so we're not actively thinking about something we're responding to something that is brought up through our uh, into our senses and and through our our subconscious so it's kind of filtered through all of these different filters <clears throat> so for example when you start doing yoga and you probably notice this or you get a new car or a new handbag or a new <clears throat> excuse me a new phone suddenly you start realizing these things all over the all of the city or when a woman gets pregnant suddenly you start seeing children everywhere it's not because they suddenly multiplied That's or true. suddenly mm-hmm. it's just that we're neurologically built that way that we start noticing things that that uh, we seem to keep important and yeah what I think is, is interesting and funny and, and kind of liberating is that we can program this list it's called the reticular activation system um, on a neurological neurological place and it's kind of our wish list it's the it's kind of part of the law of attraction the secret what people talk about uh, but I th- it's kind of like a wish list it's the, it's the priority list in our life and those things kind of come through that list and and to our 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 conscious mind know these things so the funny thing is we can program or program this list and the, the best way to do it the easiest way to do it is, is is to structure and really know understand your own values 
Mm. And for me, freedom is such a it's such a huge value that that's what I'm going for, and that's the opportunities that I'm looking. So I'm not looking for maximum profit. I'm not looking for um, maximum um, uh, familiarity or or fame in life. My life would look very different if that were my priorities. If my priorities was family, my life would look very very different. But because mm-hmm. my life my life is based on freedom, those are the kinds of opportunities that I'm that I'm given and I'm and and that I'm manifesting into my life. And those are the ones that inspire me to to pursue as well. So that's definitely it's the, it's the freedom to choose who I want to work with most of the times when I want to work, mm-hmm. where I want to work. It was so funny. A, a friend of mine put a a um, post on Instagram today and, and he was he was talking about being a digital nomad and that this is something is younger than me. So it's like, oh, this is something that's going to be huge between the millennials in the future and something that people are striving for. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I, I kind of lived that for like the last decade. You know, that's something that most people are now starting to realize that there is a possibility there is an opportunity to work where you want when you want and many more companies these days fortunately are giving these opportunities where you can have distance days instead of fighting traffic for three hours back and forth you can stay home in your underwear and do the same amount of work and be much more inspired so that's kind of what i like so i I like hanging out here i have a beautiful apartment (laughs) You know, I like, <laughs> like to exercise in the morning. I do my juice. I, you know, I do a little bit of work. I watch some YouTube. I, you know, hang out. I go out. Um, and then I come back late at night. I do some editing and whatever. So it's kind of like very inspirational oriented my life. And um, obviously, sometimes I have deadlines and sometimes I have projects that I need to be out all day or have meetings back to back. So but I'm balancing the the, the very stressful life of doing events and doing um, whole day movie or TV or video shoots and balancing that with just laying on the couch and having a great time and still seeing the money rolling in. Mm. Yeah, that's what we want too, Henna, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're much more productive though. It's not really about being, it's not really about being lazy. There's, there's a difference between yeah, exactly. really being lazy because there's a lot of lazy people that are working uh, for in, in companies, in offices as well, just trying to kind of have the, the time pass by and waiting mm-hmm. the waiting for the day to end yeah. or for the week to end or waiting for the month to end so they can get paid so there's a lot of laziness in people that are are working you know nine to five That's and true. and um, a lot of times people that are entrepreneurs and working their passion they have a m- much more freedom but they're not really lazy because they have to work they don't have to but they will work much longer days because they put a lot of passion into it as well so <clears throat> so for me it's definitely a balance that sometimes I can be for like a full week I don't really feel like doing anything and then I'm just relaxing and at some point I'm like why am I so lazy like why am I not doing anything I can't feel inspired but then the week after that is freaking crazy full on and I'm just bouncing back and forth and I'm like you know changing the universe mm. so like oh yep. <laughs> now I know why I needed that week that week mm-hmm. before or then I do like a long tour when I'm on the road every single day. And after that, I need four or five days of just complete, you know, laying inside a hotel room in the darkness and watching YouTube. And, you know, so it's, it's that freedom that, that it gives me. That's definitely the, the best part. And um, throwing myself into all of these 
events and circumstances, you know, chatting with you guys, just meeting people. Like I love meeting people and talking about how we can, how we can change the future, how we can make this whole world a better place. I'm not really into a lot of small talk and, and bullshit. So um, people find me sometimes a little bit cold and, and very kind of surgical because I just, I just like to, you know, make things better and, and have yes. creative and, and, intelligent conversations mm -hmm. i don't yes. like small talk either so mm, and i can <laughs> i can relate to like totally um yeah. actually network network marketing was um if i remember right it was the first business i got involved with too yeah. and i failed big but um i did uh, learn how to educate myself reading books and stuff and then also i met um the few first people that said to me that, hey, we can really see something in you, that you yeah. really can do some things. So, um, like, from that failure came out a lot of good it. things. Yeah. And, and um, we, can, we can hear that you educate yourself a lot. Yeah. Uh, but is there something that, like, business has taught to you? Like, doing business has taught to you? Um, well, definitely structure. And, and networking in, in general, um, I kind of have to go back to where it started, which started with, with excuse me, with uh, network marketing, because I was pulled into this first company with the, under the premise that I don't need to have a lot of connections myself, because my friends at that time was mostly, as I said, there were, there were um, hippie type art artists or, or students. So and that was back in a, network marketing has changed a lot in Finland and all around all around the world in in the last 15 years qu quite a lot but back in, in back in the day when i started it was all about selling these packages for it was about building the business it was not about um, getting getting clients which we, or customers which it is now and it's a really good um, development and people are actually just doing a customer based and oriented business and not these pyramid-ish kind of schemes that that uh, network marketing got a really bad rep and, and some of it was actually deserved because there was a lot of people that were doing doing crazy crazy stuff back in the day so um pretty soon i i realized that um they the people that brought me in weren't weren't able to support me the way that they promised to do so um i ended up trying to find uh, customers, but I, I didn't have people in my phone book. So I went out and I bought a suit and I bought a, I bought a, a, a kind of attache bag and I went out on the street and I started basically facing people on the street for a network marketing opportunity. And that scared me, scared the shit out of me because mm -hmm. I, I was always good at, um, and it actually still does. Like it's 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 one of those things, one of those few things that I'm I'm really scared of. Now it's a little bit different. If I have a project that I believe in, no no problem. But if if I'm just going out and trying to sell something and I'm a little bit oh I don't know if it's going to work or not, it's it's really scary. Um, getting getting rejected or getting mm -hmm. getting a no is, is 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 still scary. You have traveled a lot and you have also lived abroad. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Mm -hmm. So, uh, based on your experiences abroad, how do you view uh, entrepreneurship here in Finland compared to those other countries? Well, 
there is a lot of of, of innovation and in, in this this kind of like crazy crazy kind of innovation style where where we we think unimaginable things and just make it happen and you know a classic is obviously Nokia with with you know going from rubber tires to rubber boots um, then we have things like slush and things like Romeo um, so there's a lot of technology based knowledge and a, and a lot of attitude where where people just go out and, and and do things decide like I'm gonna I'm gonna freaking do this and then they just kind of chug it down so there is this CISO is very very prevalent in in the Finnish business <clears throat> mentality but at the same time we're also uh, so we're blessed with this part but we're also cursed with this don't think you're too much and you know don't don't um, yeah. put yourself too much out there so we kind of have to have to kind of fight fight that fight of, of having this innate like oh I see these opportunities and these possibilities and I think uh, largely it's because we live in this kind of harsh environment so you need to be a little bit of MacGyver to to be able to survive and um, another um, culture that I'm really familiar with and I really love spending time in and, and learning more from is is the Icelandic people and they're maybe even more brutal in that sense because the environment is is even harsher so I, I think being in a being in a little bit harsh environment and and not always having enough food is actually good for entrepreneurship <laughs> <laughs> because in many other countries where it's where it's very warm and you can just you know you can relax on the beach and you can just have a coconut a day you just don't you don't really need to do anything it's cool it's you fine you are already happy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. relaxed you know, matata, it's, you know it's everything yeah. is okay. you know, don't worry about it I'm, I'm not i don't want to say anything bad about any other country because each country and each culture have their definite good parts and, and also their their downsides um but i i, I do like the finnish uh, mentality and um We've had we've we've been been um, cursed with this bad marketing, you know, and we're always compared to, to Sweden. And my my first language is Swedish, so I'm I'm very close to the, the Swedish culture as well, having lived there parts of my life, and my my parents lived there, or my dad lived there, and my mom lived there before, and so on. So I, I'm kind of very very familiar with that culture, and it's 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 very it's very different um, how how they are able to bring themselves out and how they are able to market themselves and and so on. And when we do have a lot of knowledge and a lot of um, talent here in, in Finland, but we're always kind of held back a little bit, like, oh, we we can't do this. Or let me rephrase that: we have been. It's I've I've seen a definite change there, and I think things like Nordic Business Forum, things like Slush, things like Rovio, things mm. like this ha has changed the the perception, and also because our 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 world has kind of become smaller because we're able to connect with with anybody like I have a I have a video editor in Pakistan and I have a content creator in Nigeria that I'm hiring to do projects so I'm I'm able to do you know whatever I want and I have one of my uh, other um, um, my website creators in Turkey so the world has kind of become smaller because I yeah. can hire people in different time zones in different in different economical classes from different cultures to do do kind of work and they can help me to to bring out my my message so so technology has definitely made the world smaller and 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 has made a lot of Finns realize that hey that there's a whole world out there that I can reach with my 
with my message or my product or my my service and that kind of forces you to think in a more global and more entrepreneurial way as well yeah. um is there something you would like to say to our listeners yeah i think um the the major major message that i would like to share to, to anybody in this context is is to be to be brave and to be bold but also to be to be realistic to um, to what you can do, what you have the capacity to do, um, and to, to be brave to to know what you cannot do and to outsource those things. I, I really urge people in the in the in an entrepreneurial setting to utilize Fiverr or utilize Odesk or freelance or whatever. Um, to hire people or obviously your local community, support your local community as well. But to really, um, to get rid of those tasks that is not your forte, that is not your main thing that takes you six hours to do that somebody that takes somebody else 30 minutes to do. So you can focus on doing the things that you are good at. And and even if it's a financial trade, so so this is the core message that your 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 time is is valuable, and your time also has has a value even if you're doing it yourself. So if I'm writing texts that takes me six hours, and then I'm paying somebody fifty or eighty or hundred or two hundred, three hundred, whatever euros for for that work, maybe it's worth it because I can go out and do other deals during that time. And it's not only a financial gain, it's also an energetic loss. Um, if I'm if I'm gonna sit down and write something it's it's and I'm not feeling inspired to do, if I give that just to somebody and then get it back, you know, five hours later done, it it really kind of enriches me compared to if I'm just kind of trying to struggle and ah uh, getting getting it there. So so really run your your business as a business and outsource things to, to people that is not your your speciality. And, and I've, I've gone through that process recently myself very, very deeply. And I finally understood the value of, of, of hi- hiring. And you don't have to hire people like into your company. You don't have mm-hmm. to give away equity of your of your company but you could you have all of these resources as i said the world is really small these days and you can you can hire people through facebook or you can hire your friends or whatever you know some people just want to get a, a a experience of of doing videos or editing videos or or writing emails or doing uh, you know linkedin uh, contact searches or whatever and they might not even want to charge a full rate they just want to have that experience because they they like to do it so i think yeah be be bold and brave to expand um, your business be bold and brave to hire people to do the stuff that is not really you but also be very aware of of your own limitations and what are you putting your energy and your mind and and your your time and money um, on um, and that you're you're most of all this is the core message that I'm going to finish off with that is that why are you doing business in the first place? Is it to impress somebody? Is it to make a shitload of money? Or is it to survive? Or is it to express and explore yourself? Mm-hmm. Very good advices. I will take those. <laughs> awesome. But where do we see you in five years from today? 
I've said this for a long time that I, I like where I am right now. Um, I, I, I like what I'm doing. I just want to do more and bigger. So you'll see me speaking on, on bigger stages in the world. You'll see me on bigger movie screens uh, in, in, in bigger projects. So, so all, of, all of these five, I'll keep doing them, but just on a, on a grander, grander scale. And then you might see me, <clears throat> maybe not in five years, but maybe in 10, maybe in 15, maybe in 20 years, you, you can come and visit me to my avocado and mango coconut <laughs> in, in Panama. Oh, wow. wow. Thanks for the invite. That's where I'm going to end up. So, so you're, you're, you're free, to, free to visit me. I need to grow my, my, my trees first. I'm going to build my own house with trees that I grow on my own plantation. So that's my, that's my long-term 25-year year goal. So, so we can do yoga on the, on the porch Oh. Watching the watching the sunset <laughs> and have a have a cacao coconut avocado smoothie. Oh, sounds very very good. Yes. We're definitely thank going you, to visit you there. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Christopher. Thank you. Thank you. You had so many great advices throughout the podcast. Awesome. Yeah. I hope you we are grateful. We are grateful too that you took this time for us and our listeners. Thank you for listening to the Failing Point podcast, which airs on Business FM every Monday at 8 p.m. You can also read more about our guests and listen to earlier podcasts at failingpoint.com. And remember, whatever you're trying to achieve out there, keep on grinding and never give up on your dreams.